Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Praise God. Amen. We're here uh, for the second part of the teaching. So just settle down, pay attention. Get your writing materials. We're not going to spend too much time with this one, but I wanted to stay with you. I want you to take everything being said, not just as mere words, but things you would actually decide. I will do these things. I would apply myself to these things. And I promise you, you will see tremendous results, tremendous transformation in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. So now we're going right to it, proper heights and depths heights and depths but in this place we're talking about heights and depths of the love of God heights and depths of the love of God I want us to open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 16 to 19 we're going to read there and I, I love this scripture so much I'll read it in the King James version and I'm going to read it in the Amplified Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 16 to 19. It says that he, that is God, will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you be rooted and grounded in love. Say rooted and grounded in love rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth or the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Ah, beautiful scripture. I'll read from the Amplified. It's pretty long, but I want you to follow through. May he grant you out of the rich treasury. I love how he puts that. The rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man. By the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide Make his permanent home in your heart. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints. God's devoted people, right? The experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which surpasses mere knowledge that you may be filled through all your being with all the fullness of God. I'm going to pause there. When it says that you might be filled with all the fullness of God it actually means that you'll be filled with love. Because if there's anything or any attribute that God loves to identify himself with it is that God is love. So if you are filled 
with all the fullness of God, you are filled with all the fullness of love. Praise the name of Jesus. It's beautiful. You see, I think in our generation, and especially in the body of Christ, we seem to downplay the place of love. We talk about the power of God. We talk about the majesty of God. We talk about signs and wonders. We talk about Bible study. We talk about prayer. We talk about fasting, paying tithes and the rest. But we have watered down the place of love so drastically. Whereas God has always put that in our face, that love will always be the priority. For God to say that He is loved, it means it's important to Him. It's not optional. Praise the name of Jesus. But He says something. He wants us to be grounded and rooted in love. He wants us to get to a place where we start to comprehend. It's almost like it's an oxymoron or a paradox. He wants you to understand something that passes understanding. What he's trying to say is that no matter where you get in your Christian walk, you can never arrive. There is always more to explore. There is always, I tell you, there is always more. You may have your theological studying right. You might have all your Greek, Hebrew understanding perfect. You might have your sound doctrine on fleek. But I tell you, there is always going to be more. There is always more of God to know. There is always more of His love to understand. And when you do, you will start to see that your life is different. I want to stand on this foundation and say, you are different. In fact, I dare say that as a believer, you ought to be crazy. Praise the name of Jesus. You ought to be crazy. Unheard of. People should see you. People should hear you and say, this guy is not normal. This girl is strange. Because the kind of love we are talking about here in Crazy Love Conference is actually a crazy love. It's a love that the world doesn't expect. It's a love that the world doesn't see on a normal basis, on a normal daily basis. It's a love that passes understanding. Praise the name of Jesus. I want to mention some facts about this love. And the reason why we keep emphasizing this every year is because you become a product of what you emphasize. That's the truth. What you emphasize in your life becomes what you start to become. You start to look like what you prioritize. You start to act like what you put on top of your priority list, on your, on your scale of preference, whatever it is, you start to become like it. And in the entire scriptures, it's replete with the message of love. But it's not just the kind of love where it's do me, I do you, or the kind of love where it has to be, you know, on a date, romantic dinner, flower petals, candlelit dinners, pulls out the chair, you sit down, he pulls it in, such a gentleman. The depiction of love we have is one that transcends all those things. It is sacrificial love. It's, it's unconditional. So we're going to talk about facts about God's love. Number one fact is that God's kind of love 
should not look like that of the world. God's kind of love, in fact, doesn't look like the love of the world. Number two, it doesn't expect, God's love does not expect anything in return. So it loves, even if you're not going to love back, is what I'm trying to say. Number three, it is unconditional. God's kind of love is unconditional. And what that means is, it's not about... uh, I, I really wish I could make this clearer, and I will try my best. God's kind of love is not based on the other person's actions... It's not based on the other person's background. It's not based on anyone. It hinges only on the fact that God is love. As eternal as God is, so is His love. As unconditional as His love was when He gave His Son. You were still yet in your sins. But He gave His Son... He invested everything, all his resources, even his life, for you. On the chances that it's possible, you might not even accept it. His love is unconditional. His love is unconditional. Praise the name of Jesus. Number four fact is that his love is unchanging. And we established that in the first teaching session. That even though the mountains shake and they move, his love will never change. In fact, this is one of the biggest revelations you can get about God's love. The Bible tells us Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever, he doesn't change. And we know that God is love. And what that means is love does not change. It should not change. By love, I mean God's kind of love. Agape. The love that is from above. It's different. Oh, that rhymes. I like that. Love from above. It's different. And it doesn't change. We live in a world where the way we interact with people is based on how they interact with us. We're only kind to those who are nice to us. We only reach out to those who reach out to us. You only favor those who favor us. But the kind of love God wants and expects for us as believers is the one that, look, I don't care what you've done to me. I don't care how bad you hurt me. I love you. How does, I mean, it's easier said than done. But not by the help of the Holy Spirit. It's easy to be done. We'll get to that, but you see, the love God has called us is a Love so high, so deep, it transcends the comprehension of the world. They look at us and they're like, how? That's what God wants for us. A love that is unchanging. Praise the name of Jesus. And then his love is unending. His love is unending. Praise the name of Jesus. So, number one, I mentioned the kind of love God shows is not the kind the world shows. Number two, he loves 
even without expecting anything in return. Number three, his love is unconditional. Number four, his love is unchanging. Number five, his love is unending. Now, I want to say something about the love that doesn't expect anything in return. I want to show you Jesus' words himself. Look at the book of Luke. Mm, look at the book of Luke. It just happens. It just happens. Just Oh my. Luke chapter 6 from verse 27 to verse 36. It's a long read, but I want you to pay attention to what our Lord Jesus is saying. Luke chapter 6 from verse 27 to 36. This, when I read this passage for the first time in my life, it changed. It changed. Even though it was just for one day <laughs> at the time, it changed that entire day for me. Even though I didn't let this thing in, so I, I went back to my old ways. But it changed for me when I first read it. And I wanted to sync with you. Now that you have the Spirit of God to help you, this can be you. Look at this. Verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Ah, isn't that hard? Some of you have enemies in your schools. In your places of work, even in church, people that you know talk about you behind your back. They're never happy about you. And they say to your face. And it says, love your enemies. It says, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do what? Do the same to them. Praise the name of Jesus. We'll continue in verse 32. This is where it, it, it just hits. It hits different. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? What? If you love those, only those that love you, what benefit is it to you? For even sinners... For even sinners... Love those who love them. See the comparison. The love of the world is that they do it only to those who do it to them. Verse 33. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you should from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? He's telling that sometimes the only reason why many of you give is because that's a good investment plan. You know that if you give this person, you're going to charge them an interest. So that's good for you. But have you ever given because you just want to give them? Just so that they are okay, just so they are better. He says, What benefit, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get the same amount. <laughs> but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Expecting nothing in return. 
That's the love of God. And he says this, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the did you see that God is kind to even those who are ungrateful he's kind to them to those who are evil he's kind to them be merciful even as your father is merciful that is beautiful the words of Jesus let them resonate deeply with you the love that God wants us to show is not the one that we expect in return but we would love people regardless we will love people unconditionally. Make that your stance. Make that your slogan. I live by an unconditional love. I live by a love that doesn't expect anything in return. A love that is so high. And a love that is so deep. Praise the name of Jesus. The fact that it's so high and so deep, it, it can accommodate anybody. It's that big. Those who are good, those who are evil. Let the love of God drive you to love them. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So I'm going to just quickly, as uh, we close this session, I want to just talk quickly about areas where our love should grow deeper. Areas where our love should grow deeper. Number one, selflessness. Number one, selflessness. Very, very important. Selflessness. I want us to open our Bibles. It's a very beautiful uh, book of one, one passage I love so much, so dear to my heart. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 8. If you came here not expecting to open your Bibles, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 8. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. I'll read from the NIV version. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from, from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy. Make it complete by being like-minded. Having the same love. Being one in Spirit and of one mind. He's encouraging them. I want you to, to be united in your love. To be one in spirit. To have the same mind. Then he says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But rather in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your... I want you to pay attention. I'm going to say it again just in case. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility value, esteem others above yourself put them first not looking to your own interest but each of you to the interest of others verse 5 in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus and the way you relate and interact with one another. Have the same mind 
that Jesus had. What mind did Jesus have? What was his mindset? Look at verse 6. Who being in the very nature of God, who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. He humbled himself to the lowest form. Why did he do it? Because he esteemed you above himself. Since I'm being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And this is Paul's exhortation to you. Learn to practice to put other people before you put yourself. It starts with the little things. With the little things. I'm not joking. It could be that you all in your house at some point got gifts. And you saw that the one, one of the gifts was damaged. Right? It had a dent or something in it. Many of us are so quick. We look for the... Ah, well, this one is better. This one is fine. You carry it. Let anybody take that one. Have you ever esteemed people to the point that you say, you know what? Let me put what I would want for myself. Let me allow another person to get it. It starts from little things like that. And then when it goes to the bigger things, you'll be willing to do the same. Learn to esteem people above yourself. Have that mentality. Not that people are better, but you can choose to esteem them as though that they were. To put their own interests before you consider yourself. To ask the simple questions. Have you eaten? Have you eaten? Even though your tummy is rumbling in that moment. You are putting other people's concerns above yours. That matters to God. That is the mindset that Jesus had. It wasn't about his convenience. It was all about sacrifice. It was about you. Praise the name of Jesus. Galatians chapter 2 from verse 20. Oh, you need to realize that you are not yours anymore. You are not your own anymore. You don't belong to you. You you are called to a higher life. And so there are expectations. Galatians 2 verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Wait, what? But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, the life you live is no longer yours. The life is no longer yours. The world of me, myself and I, you've been taken out of that world into a love and into a world of you, you and you. Your focus has left yourself to look for how to serve others. Selflessness. God wants you to grow deeper in selflessness this year. And for the rest of your life, He wants you to keep growing and growing to places where the things that once mattered the most to you, you are willing to sacrifice them for the betterment of someone else. That's God's plan for you. That's His will for you. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20, it says, Do not... Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Verse 20, you were bought with a price. 
Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This just emphasizes the fact that you were bought. You are not your own. Praise the name of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.15 echoes the same thing. It says, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but to him who died for them and was raised again. So we've been called out of a world of self-centeredness. To a love that puts others before ourselves. Because we we don't even belong to ourselves. We first belong to the Lord. And as a result, we belong to his people. Praise the name of Jesus. So you need to break free from a self-centered life. You need to put yourself in places where you learn how to make sacrifices. Where you start to look to other people's interests and their success. And when you see them succeed, celebrate with them. Find out, how can I support you even further? That's God's will for you. He wants you to put yourself in a place where you become a servant. It's not a bad thing to be called a servant. Jesus showed us the example when he washed the feet of his disciples. And he used that as a picture of his ultimate service on the cross for them. And he asked us, we should sacrifice Sacrifice. Live a life of sacrifice. Live a life of service. It's not about you. Look for how to support people. Look for how to help. How can I help you? Whenever you ask people, how are you doing? The question is, do you really mean it? Do you really want to know how they are? Or is it just a pleasantry? How are you? Fine. What's up? Great. Are you okay? Yes. (laughs) Let me tell you the truth. A lot of people who are not... And I'm not saying this because some some people want to be honest, but they just don't feel you care enough. So they know your question of how are you is is just what it is. So I'm fine. Even though they're about to take their lives in that moment, I'm fine. Because you don't deserve to know. You don't care enough. How many of you have ever considered that people are not actually fine? And how, have you ever put yourself in a place where you want to offer help as best as you can? How are you doing? Fine. Are you sure you're fine? Are you really, really sure? If you're not, I'm here to, to you know, if you want to talk. And after that conversation, you go and pray for them. If you feel like it, you pray for them. You pray for them. Even if they are fine, you pray for them. That's a life of selflessness. It shows even in your prayers. How much of your prayers are about you? Do you pray for the saints? Do you pray for your family? Do you pray for your friends? How long do you pray for them? I know you want to get into school. I know you want that job. I know you want your business to expand. But how about others around you? Praise the name of Jesus. Your kindness can change your life forever. Your little acts of selflessness and kindness can change a person's life forever. I wish I could share many stories with you about how little kindness can change your life. Number two area that God wants you to grow deeper in love is forgiveness. Forgiveness. This seems like a basic teaching, but... You need to understand this to emphasize it in your life. Forgiveness, it's a big deal. It's a huge subset of love. 
The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14 to 15. It says, He who hates his brother is a murderer. Wow. Let me read the entire thing to you. It says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Like it says, the acid test that you have actually passed from death to life. That you love the brethren. That's huge. He that loves not his brother abides in death. Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Do you hate people around you? One of the signs that you truly have been saved, redeemed, delivered, brought from death to life, from darkness to light, is that you love. It's an acid test. I can tell if something truly has happened in you as regards salvation by the way you love people. And by the way you forgive them. When it comes to forgiveness, you always need to have this at the back of your mind. That nobody is perfect. You are not perfect. I am not perfect. At least not on this side of eternity. And so we need to let ourselves give room for people. We need to give people benefit of the doubt. We need to learn to anticipate people's wrongs. Anticipate their shortcomings. Anticipate their hurts. Anticipate the mistakes. And forgive even before it happens. Forgive even before it happens. I know it hurts. I know it's easier said than done. But you must learn to forgive in advance. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 12 to 14. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 12 to 14. It says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. It says, forgive even even as Christ forgave you. That is the reference. Forgive just as Christ forgave you. Praise the name of Jesus. He says, forbear with one another. Forgive one another. Nothing should be too hard to forgive. If Christ looked at you, forgave you of all your sins, there's nothing that should be too hard for you to forgive. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Praise the name of Jesus. And your forgiveness extends to those, especially those who don't deserve your forgiveness. Even those who seem to show no sense of repentance, you forgive them. Let it go. Don't hold grudges. Don't hold bitterness in your heart. Let it go. You can think of people right now in your life that have hurt you. Whoever it might have been, a family, a lover, you know, it could be a family, friend, a friend, whoever it is. Let it go. 
When you do, you are practicing the love of God. You are growing deeper and deeper to understand the way He loved you and forgave you. There is more. There is more. And you only get to that when you practice these things. When you practice forgiveness. Let it be that your forgiveness surprises people. Let it be that your forgiveness makes you wonder, is this, is this, is there an ulterior motive to this? What do you want? Let it be that kind that just surprises people, that shows a huge divide between the kind of love the world shows and the kind the Lord shows. Praise the name of Jesus. And number three, the last thing we're going to consider that you should grow deeper in your love is in your love for the lost. In your love for the lost, for the unsaved, for the unbelievers. This is where you find purpose. This is where you come to understand how God invested all his resources in reconciling sinners. You get to identify with that when you love those who are also lost. God did everything to reconcile you to himself. How far will you go to reconcile the Lord, the lost unto the Lord? How far will you go? To what extent will you persevere to make sure that anyone you come across comes to know the Lord? Paul said something that just shows such a love for the lost. He said, I made sure that at every point I was innocent of the blood of every man. It means anywhere he found people, he spoke. Everywhere he found people, he showed them love. Not just his love, the love of the Father. Hallelujah. Just let yourself grow deeper in love for the lost. A passion for them. To want to see them saved. That no one leaves this earth. No one you encounter leaves this earth without ever reconciling with the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. This is how you understand how compassionate God is towards sinners. Praise the name of Jesus. You were once there. What happened? What would have happened if you never got the chance to hear the good news? What would have happened to you? There is someone out there who wants to hear. Like, trust me, people want to hear it more than you, you actually think. They want to hear the good news. They live, a lot of people live this life without hope. What drives people to suicide or giving up is because there's nothing in view, there is no hope. But the gospel is a message of hope. It's not just a message of love, it's a message of hope. And that's what we need to be passionate about more and more. To grow deeper even in this way. Praise the name of Jesus. But you see, as I conclude, I want to say this. This is how the world will identify us. This is how the world will identify the love of God. God when they see it in us John chapter 13 verse 34 to 35 says this a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another by this shall men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another how many times was that repeated if you show love to yourselves 
they will know you are my disciples. That's what identifies us as believers by the love we show. It's different. It's a higher love. It's a deeper love. And we can, we can grow deeper still. We can grow in love even to greater heights. Praise the name of Jesus. What you emphasize, you become a product of. If you desire to grow in the love of God, you will. If you desire to know how much he invested in this world and in, in, in the sacrifice of the son, you will. And my honest prayer is that we live a life of love consistently. Where our love doesn't change. Where our love is not, on, is, is not ending. It doesn't have an expiry date. A place where our love doesn't depend on the person we love. On the object of our love. Praise the name of the Lord. This love is a higher love. It's a deeper love. And the Lord is calling all of us to live it. So that the world may know. That the world may know that we are his disciples. Right now, I want you to just pray where you are. And just make a pledge this day. Before man, before the Lord. To make this pledge. Lord, I will grow deeper in my love in my love walk I will grow deeper I will get to express this love to everyone whether they are undeserving or they are deserving of it no matter what regardless I choose to love I choose to love I choose to forgive even the worst of offenders I choose to let them go I choose to love my enemies. I choose to love those and give to those who will probably not even give me anything back in return. I choose to live a selfless life where I look to the interests of others and take it like it's my own business. I live a life that is not my own. Help me to do that more consistently, Lord. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of love, I grow deeper in my understanding of your love. As I put it to practice every day, I grow deeper in my love. I grow even more grounded and rooted in love in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray this right now. Pray this right now. I see things changing. This matters to God. If God will identify himself as love, it means you. You need to be his vessel of love. You need to be his channel of love. You need to be his messenger of love. You need to be the one who spreads his love around. A love that is different from what the world expects. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Lord, I pray for your children. Thank you for everyone tuned in who has heard this word. I pray let it start and ignite a passion within to live a life of selflessness, to live a life of unconditional love, to live a life of forgiveness, to live a life passionate for those who have not gotten the privilege to be called your children. Help us, Lord, to walk more consistently, to dive deeper in your love so that the world will see our lights and glorify you forever and ever. We take this seriously. We're not just a people of prayer. We're not just a people of faith. 
We're not just the people of the word. We are a people of love. We are a people of love. Vessels of your love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I see many lives changing for the better. I see many making steps to love like the Lord loved. Hallelujah. Thank you once again. I want to just appreciate you for being a part of this conference. We are here. We've come to the end of this year's conference and it's been amazing. Thank you for being around. I look forward to hearing testimonies from you of all that you've come to hear and all that the Lord has done for you uh, through this conference. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. And have, have a blast. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.